the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. Hey, patrons, it's me. Just wanted to say, hey, what's up? Uh, thanks so much for supporting the show. Really appreciate it. And good night. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's a thoughts... Feelings, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, uh, whatever's keeping you awake, travel, any any of those things. Uh, I'm going to be here to take your mind off of stuff, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, uh, superfluous tangents, um, extra mumbles or accidental mumbles word i'm gonna tumble actually i think i've talked about it i'm gonna stumble over words and i'm gonna tumble over them the word tumbler you think that could be multiple things what do you call what do you call it when a kid puts uh, scra- scrabble t- t- things tiles in a uh, rock tumbler well i'd call it the word i would rename the rock tumbler the word tumbler well, then why not the letter tumbler? What do you call it when you put a, a, a boggle letters uh, in a podcast piece of artwork? You call it the illusionist. Uh, oh, would you? Uh, if you put them in a rock tumbler, though? I don't know. Okay, here's a question. What would be more soothing? The sound of tumbling rocks in a rock tumbler, which doesn't have much sound from what I can recall. The sound of Scrabble tiles in a rock tumbler. That sounds like some beginning. That sounds like a middle of a, a middling poem. Uh, your 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 sweet your sweet voice is like the sounds of Scrabble tiles in a rock tumbler. He said to her over coffee. I guess it would be dialogue in one of my screenplays. Then he stood, and turned, his hips leading the way. The hips. He realized as he walked off, he never felt in 40 years. Today was the day. That's a little bit of, that's a little bit of the boy who discovered his hips. Uh, coming soon uh, to a theater uh, in my imagination. Uh, but also, uh, what is like, well, okay, let's, let me get to the new listeners first. And we could contemplate these things. Uh, uh, so we'll come back to all this, but uh, so if you're new, hey, welcome to Sleep With Me. It's a podcast uh, to put you to sleep. It's a little bit different. Uh, you probably already noticed that. Uh, so let me give you a couple of things to know. I'm glad you're here, and I hope I can help you or be here as you fall asleep, keep you company. So the the show, if you like, you try to, um, it's almost better to kind of almost passively consume it. It's just like having rock tumbling as a hobby. You'd say, what is this, Scoots, what are the Venn diagrams of sleep with me? You know, psychographics and demographics. Uh, tell me more about it. Well, you'd say, well, most of the listeners are good people, wonderful people, if you ask me. Even the new listeners are great. Uh, 
uh, very conscientious people or whatever that word is, uh, kind, uh, intelligent. All those listeners are intelligent, uh, looking for a good night's sleep, uh, uh, likely to, uh, support causes and, uh, support building the community they want to see. That's, uh, Sleep With Me's demographics and psychographics. Uh, people that do nice stuff, pick up after themselves. So those are all, and, uh, also majority of listeners owned a rock tumbler at once, at one point in their lives. So that's about it. That's our, that's our demographic, demographics, uh, so, oh, so if you're a new listener, they tend to go off topic. Structurally, what to expect with the podcast it starts off with a few minutes of business. That's key to keeping it free for everybody. And then there's an intro. We're about like five minutes into the intro. And the intro is where I try to explain what the podcast is, but then something always pops up in my mind. Uh, like rock tumblers, which make an appearance like every 200 or so episodes. And then sometimes they'll make, you know, then I'll be, th- then I'll have rock tumbler on the brain. What's the most common item? Uh, what's the 50th most common item at Decedent Garage Sale? Rock tumbler, factoids, made up factoids, live. Uh, fun facts, as Janet would say. Uh, fun fact, uh, rock tumbler is actually a rock roller, technically. Uh, commonly referred to as uh, rock barrels uh, within the community that lives in Scooter's uh, imagination. Oh, so new listeners. So there's an intro where I try to explain what the podcast is for about 15 minutes. And some people, when they first get to the podcast, will be like, is he ever going to get to the point? Well, I'll try, and I won't quite achieve that. Uh, That's what the intro kind of is. Is it when's the Game of Thrones talk going to start? Well, I just mentioned it, but uh, later in about 12, 14 minutes, uh, we'll shift from the intro to the Game of Thrones discussion. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, don't worry about it. Uh, This will mildly resemble uh, uh, Game of Thrones. You know, won't even talk about, you know, the... um, you know, do any like stuff like, oh, what am I going to do now? You know, kind of stuff like, what am I going to watch next? Uh, don't worry. Well, it'll be totally uh, devoid of, uh, uh, you know, I got to get back to talking about rock tumbling. So I don't think about that. Uh, Game of Thrones uh, isn't. So uh, we'll talk about that. The intro is like a way a lot of listeners use it as part of their wind down. Because you see, why do you try to explain the podcast for 12 to 15 minutes? And I'd say, well, where else in the po- the great podcast community, other than those r- wonderful rock-specific rock-tumbling podcasts, uh, like uh, Rock Tumbling Today, Rock rock and Rock Tumbling, uh, Don't Come a rock- Knocking If This Rock Tumbler Is a Rockin', uh, those are some of my favorites, uh, Binge Mode, Rock Tumbler Edition, uh, you know, cast of cast the cast of rock tumblers, uh, bald move uh, talk and tumblers. That's one of like they also talk about drink tumblers. So so that's like a broader. So those are some of the rock tumbling podcasts. Uh, oh, what was I talking? I was trying to explain sleep with me. So so oh, where else is, is, is am I going to get those plugs in? Uh, Tumble to me. That that was a good one. It's not around anymore. Talk to oh no talk tumble to me, that was a couple. This this was one of the ones I can't believe it didn't make it big time. 
it was a couple, uh, one rock tumbler or rock tumbler enthusiast, uh, one person not interested in rock tumbling and they worked with a professional, you know, then there was a third party professional and they learned, you know, they, they, they like went out through the lens of rock tumbling, their relationship flourished, uh, and they learned to love, uh, Oh, wait, this is back to that screenplay. And the boy became a man, a man with hips. And those hips kept walking. Oh, and so, okay, so where was it? So that's the intro. And then I'll be talking uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, then we'll talk about any factoids that came up during Game of Thrones or lists or anything like that. Uh, Tom and Pounce will make an appearance. Uh, then the prayers to the old gods and the new. So we'll be here for at least like an hour and a half plus. And the whole thing is if you're new, that gives you plenty of time to fall asleep, right? You, you say, okay, well, you're easing me into bed for 15 minutes, getting me comfortable. And it's say, right, like the rumbling, like, like a great rock tumbler in the sky. That's what I used to say. That was one of my great belief systems. My imaginary friend taught me when I'd say, Mama, Papa, what about all that thunder? Oh, say, oh, it's the gods bawling or whatever. Now, Bill, my imaginary friend, would say, Shh, get over here, kid. It ain't bawling up there. They're rock tumbling. Oh, what? and also Bill was, uh, like, ended up, uh, Bill was also, uh, worked for a rock tumbling company. Because they said, oh, Bill, what's rock tumbling? That's how I used to talk as a kid. And Bill said, uh, it's the hottest new craze, uh, only the kids, you know, you've heard of rock and roll, right? Uh, kind of, Bill. Uh, well, this is rocks actually rolling in a in a barrel. And you know how, hey, kid, have you ever noticed how boring rocks are? Well, some are cool. Like the, the whole Game of Thrones is, is season hinged on rocks, technically. Hey, kid, I'm here. Just, ain't, just say, sure. Oh, yeah, they're so boring. Like as boring as a sleep podcast. Well, actually, Bill, that would make up, a, it would be, I guess it's a paradox, but the interestingness of rocks uh, would could help people fall asleep. Um, so I think it's, you're, you're, uh, I think you're devaluing the paradoxical nature of that relationship. Oh, sorry. Yeah, totally, man. Rocks are the dullest. You know, one thing about rocks is, Bill, that I noticed they're just not shiny. That's right, kid. Have you ever wondered if there's a prolonged process, agonizingly slow, like like an agon, agonizingly slow, kid, where you could learn about the power of uh, sand and sanding, and then one day eventually, it, where you learn grit through grit, kid, that's what real rock tumblers do. I just thought of that. I got to rework my pitch. Uh, Learning grit through grit, rock tumbling. Well, true. Could you use true grit, or is that probably trademarked? Probably trademarked, kid. But you real, you, that's a good one. True grit, through grit, rock tumbling. I think I liked your first one better, but uh, eventually the rocks are shiny and polished. So that was my point. True grit through grit. I think that's Bill. That's your thing. Rock tumbling. Yeah, Bill, would you like to buy a rock tumbler? I have the newest edition, uh, the Sonic Rock Roller. Uh, uh, like, uh, like uh, it's a Rebel edition. It's actually not even for sale, Bill, anywhere. But I could get you, really.
Yeah, I could put you. I could put you in a rock tumbler today. Please don't. I, 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 well, maybe that would polish up my pitches. Uh, Bill, this is really turning into a long intro. But uh, have you ever thought about uh, a podcast uh, with just items in a rock tumbler uh, to put people to sleep? Never thought of it. We could call it True Grit Through Grit. Uh, and maybe I'll actually do this. Uh, what items would you put in a rock tumbler to relax people? Well, I'm most interested in word tumbling because I thought that would be a good metaphor for the podcast. Turns out it's a ladder tumbling. Whether you use boggle uh, cubes or things, what about 20-sided die? Oof, Bill, you're you're reading. Maybe would you like to go into the sleep podcast? Uh, experimental sleep, art-based experimental sleep podcast business? I think I would. All right, True Grit Through Grit. That's uh, Bill and I's future podcast. Uh, anyway, I'm here to take your mind off stuff. If you're new, went off the rails, and uh, I'm just trying, you know, don't be careful rock tumblers that go off the rails uh, because uh, they're barrel-like shaped. So uh, anyway, this is a podcast to take your mind off stuff and keep you company as you fall asleep. You don't have to listen, and there's no pressure to fall asleep. And be here over an hour and a half tonight. Uh, to keep you company as you drift off, uh, we'll sleep at your leisure and see how it goes. And now most, most people, 99% of people that are regular listens and listeners of the podcast, which is a couple hundred thousand people, like they say, so a couple hundred thousand people have actually told me it took two or three times, uh, before I realized that this podcast, uh, was, uh, yeah, it was like whatever just happened for the past 12 minutes. And then I realized I could fall asleep and it works great. So if you're new, give it a few tries. I really hope it can help. If it doesn't, check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you for other options. Uh, but I do want to help. I've been there. That's the thing. And I strive and I yearn. I work very hard on the show because I'd like to keep you company and help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, everybody. We're talking about uh, season eight, episode. Oh, no. Season eight, uh, season eight, episode seven, seven, right? I don't have my episodes mixed up. Episode six? They can't be. I thought there was. I'm not even kidding. I must be mixed up. No, I guess there was only six episodes. I guess, as you can see, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit confused. But it, I thought it was called the Last Watch, but that ends up as that was the, uh, that's going to be the documentary about the making of documentary. I don't know if it's a making of of this season, or of all the seasons. But this one's called um, the Iron Throne, and it really did like that. Uh, and believe it or not, I did get to see the continuation of the movie. It was like, so the movie I was talking about last week, I made into, there was a sequel to that movie. And again, it was very similar to this episode. So I'm going to kind of run through mostly that movie because it's a little bit easier to talk about. And it was very shot for shot. Again, I don't know if, uh, like, how they, like, this movie was animated. Uh, Miyazaki style, but it was an Italian kind of avant-garde, uh, it's a bit surrealistic. And so to set it up, it would be very similar to last episode of Game of Thrones, but a little bit different. So this is, was the sequel last week. We talked about the sequel 
uh, to the movie Flowers in the Attic, which I didn't realize had a reboot in the, like in the last few years or a remake. I was talking about the 80s or 90s version. And uh, this this movie was kind of a sequel to that, but but not direct sequel, like or influenced, uh, because it was a animated avant garde movie, and it was uh, it was uh, like uh, it also was a combination of like the movie Flowers in the Attic, a little bit of through the wardrobe, and then a little bit of like a Khaleesi type story. I don't know. None of it was in English. So again, I'm going to be going off my notes from both the the last episode of Game of Thrones and this movie, which were very similar. And they'll probably be confused and meandered together. So it starts off with like a last time on Game of Thrones. It's all from the last episode. It seems like uh, as we're going through the opening here right now, I'm watching it. It's heading towards King's Landing. And it does look like similar to Winterfell. There are some like uh, there are some changes, not total changes to to uh, King's Landing. Oh, we're still in Winterfell still. And again, I don't know if these are projections or actual changes to the opening title. Uh, because but uh, let's see. So they're going into Winterfell. Oh yeah, it looks like there's not a lot of buildings in Winterfell. Gate doesn't work. Uh, oh yeah, a lot of it is. Uh, oh, it's definitely. Uh, Okay, this is, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of missing pieces in Winterfell, missing Legos, or not in Winterfell, in King's Landing, and uh, the Iron Throne's still there, but, uh, well, we, we get too too far ahead of us, uh, and both the movie, which, uh, I don't even know what it was called, I just, I was calling it, uh, Flowers in the Attic 3. So they had the character I was labeling as Tyrion. Like, he was one of the, like, in the sequel, there were three kids, Jamie, Cersei, and Tyrion, uh, who were the grown adult children from Flowers in the Attic. Uh, and so on last time, like, uh, I don't know, it's too too complicated to explain, but Tyrion in the animated movie, but also in the show, is, is trudging through. And he looks up left, he looks up right, he's trudging. And in the movie, because he's going through the great garden uh, that was outside of the mansion where the flower, the kids were in the attic, the man, the, the garden uh, that protect, like that protected the uh, the mansion, but also created the flowers that were in the attic, if there were any. I don't know if there. I think that was more of a metaphor. Uh, but if there ever were going to be flowers in the attic, they would have been from there. And uh, Tyrion the, the, is kind of taking all of this in. So he says, okay, this is complicated for me because this garden, you know, I didn't want to be raised as one of the flowers in the attic, uh, but this garden was supposed to be mine. That's different than Game of Thrones because I don't think King's Landing was necessarily supposed to be Tyrion's. Uh, but, you know, he was a lover of uh, gardens. I mean, because not only is a garden, like everything is mowed. Uh, uh, shrubs, shrubbery, flowers, weeds. Uh, everything was mowed as he trudges through there. He kind of sees that. Uh, he even sees, because this is an animated movie with a little bit of fantasia, uh, there's even a couple stems just walking around without any uh, green or flowers on them. Uh, bear plants walking, 
Then we see John in Bacolage do a double take. Oh, John's in the background doing a double take. Uh, side shot. Oh, I like the side shot in both both the episode and uh, movie. So again, I don't know how this happened, but uh, it's like through buildings or in the move in the GOT, but in the one through rows of uh, former hedges that have been defoliated. Uh, we see Tyrion, John, and the Onion Knight walking. There's lots of dandelion. I'd call it dandelion dust. I don't know what you call it. Uh, in, I don't know if anybody saw that in Los Angeles, that uh, where you make a wish, you blow the dandelions, this art installation. It looked amazing. Uh, but I think Tyrion says something to John, like, uh, see you later. John says, you can't go there solo. He goes, yeah, bro, I'm going solo. Uh, John has a stoic look on his face. Uh, and there's a, the, the, I didn't see this till the second reviewing, but uh, Tyrion, there's a walking shot with Tyrion and the, the bell from the bell towers. Uh, in the in the um, it, but in the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The movie it was a little like a, a ton of little bells, reindeer bells in this case. Uh, because in the movie, what they did was the, instead of uh, a castle, they had all these. Uh, Pricker bushes or blackberry bushes, uh, and where you could climb through, there was bells, so you could ring the bells and say, "Hey, you could crawl through the pricker bushes without getting prickered here." Uh, but Danny just mowed all of the pricker bushes. Uh, yeah, so there's a Tyrion walking shout with the bell, Red Keep up, 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 Lannisters. Oh, so he goes up into the Red Keep, uh, and then I guess he goes down, down, down. Oh, no, I'm wrong. Lannisters, there's this Lannister plants uh, that somehow made it through all the mowing. And, and they were considered uh, this very rare plant. Uh, and they're potted. And someone found them. And Grey Worm says, we've got to, uh, we basically, we're going to get rid of these plants. Uh, and they consider them a weed. And John and Onion Knight are like, what are you doing? Those are potted plants. You're just going to, why would you? Uh, what do you call that? Prune, total prunage, though, of a potted plant. Uh, just, you know, give you put it on the curb and somebody will take it. We put it on Craigslist free. Again, this was all in Italian, so I was just trying to, I guess, I'm pro- project my own uh, dialogue on here. Uh, and Grey Worm considers it uh, a weed. Trim all the weeds, he says. Uh, uh, trim all the plants. Uh, him and John are kind of debating this in the regular episode. Uh, then we have a John. John like puts his hand on Grey Worm. Grey Worm puts his hand on John. They have a stare down. And Onion Knight try. He says, "We'll just talk to the Garden Queen." I mean, not me. I mean, talk about foreshadowing. He says, "It's the royal we." And he goes, "John, you're royal. I ain't, I ain't royal." So John and Grey Worm have this long stare. Uh, then we see Tyrion going up, 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 or he's in the map room. So again, we get this call back to this beautiful, like, uh, it's actually not a room. It's a map plaza. I've been calling it a map room, but it's a map plaza. It might be a piazza. I don't know what a piazza is, but I don't even know what a portico is. or por- You know that, like, uh, you know what that word looks like? I don't even know how to say it or spell it. Uh, uh, then there's like the small council room. I don't know if that's what it's called. 
where the, like uh, everybody meets that advises the queen or the king. And Tyrion's in there looking around. Oh yeah, but what were they called? And then he pick, picks up a torch. He goes down all the way down to the sub basements of uh, the Red Keep. Uh, he looks around. He puts down his uh, his his uh, what do you call it? Uh, his torch. Uh, he has to climb into another room. I think uh, more. A darker room puts it down. It looks like I said more drunken or dankin uh, roms, but it's more darker room. He sees Jamie's uh, brass uh, ring in the movie, but a brass hand in this. Uh, and uh, eventually, see Cersei. They they're having a big sleep. Um, I guess there's no way, like, yeah, they've gone, you know, they're big, big farm residents now. So Tyrion's, you know, uh, forlorn would be an understatement. He's, uh, he's, he says goodbye to them, especially Jamie. And this does particularly align with uh, his strong feelings for his brother, saying, you know, you're the one who really stood up for me. And I don't know if this is quite a counterpoint to like, uh, like the last, uh, the Game of Thrones episode, but also the movie of like, uh, Jamie, well, I thought I had something and then I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. Like Tyrion's shedding of emotion here. It does seem to be a counterpoint to, to, to hounds like, uh, yeah, feelings of absurdists or, or pointlessness or whatever that kind of was like a, a little bit more prevalent in last episode where you say, oh, is this like, a, is this nihilism? Is Tyrion a nihilist? Yeah, you think we start to see here, he's like, no, 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 no. I, I greatly loved my brother and uh, and my sister. Oh, yeah, because he says, you know, this is a, tr- tr- a little bit of a tragic, uh, it's not absurdist. It has like this... Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know what I mean or not. Then we see Arya walking. She's kind of watching and walking, taking it in too. And she sees all the, all the gardeners. Or I don't think you can call them gardeners in truth uh, that the Garden Queen hired. Uh, they're kind of like, uh, whatever you call that, like, what do they call it? Demo, like garden demo teams. Uh, where you see, we don't garden, we uh, remove. Like Trump, what do they call those? Uh, trunk, trunk, uh, trunk remover i don't know if anybody has one of those businesses we see we get rid of tree trunks you could call yourselves trunk busters uh just give me like uh 30 g's for that uh who are you gonna call like i don't i guess you couldn't do a tv ad because that wouldn't be a good investment but it would be funny you could do something on youtube uh right i guess the company owns uh ghostbusters wouldn't be happy so just stick to trunk trunks. We bust them, and you could say we bust. Sometimes we pull them out. Sometimes we bust them up. Yeah, but Danny does have some trunk busters on her team. Uh, let's see. John, Ari watches Jon Snow kind of going through all of the uh, garden demo team, the gardeners. He's kind of pushing his way through. And there's big bassy music here as he does a long walk. Uh, Arya kind of walks off to the side, paralleling him, questioning, off to the side, questioning. 
There's lots of dandelions to know. Yeah, there's a real big buildup. We're at the top of the Red Keep. Uh, John's working his way up. Uh, to say John's posture is, uh, you know, stooped would be an understatement. Uh, so she's off the side questioning maybe. I don't know. A uh, gray worm has a, does that say frowny face? Uh, against Zen Drogon, who was the, the great goose uh, who carried the lawnmower that trimmed most of this uh, great garden. Uh, John gets to the top of the stairs, and also Danny has that, like, you know on Instagram where everybody has a picture of them standing in front of wings, goose wings? She does, they do that in a really cool way. Uh, but I, I guess they say, well, I've seen that in, I mean, it, <laughs> normally I don't scoff at things, but I say I've seen that a thousand times on Instagram, and I'm barely on there. Uh, but that was kind of cool. And why, I mean, seeing it again. And I thought, like, some of the acting and some of the animating in the movie of uh, Danny's face uh, or expressions here are really a big time game. Uh, but she makes a big speech. First, she does lots of nose breathing. She's very happy that her kind of predictions were filled. She said, remember a long time ago, I promised you we were going to trim these gardens. Uh, she goes to the iron uh, watering stone planters, uh, iron planters. Uh, we got them out. Uh, we mowed it on. Uh, everybody cheers. We, we mowed this garden down. And sometimes she goes, haven't you ever heard of tilling? People haven't heard of that. Like. Uh, Folding it back in is a good call of the goose. Uh, everybody's cheering. John has his bar face where he says, I think I'm going to barf. Uh, uh, Grey Worm, she goes, Grey Worm, great job keeping me safe and being at my side during, you know, that I didn't get any, uh, making sure I had good garden gloves so my thumbs didn't get pricked. Keep up the good work. Uh, uh, Grey Worm's always been one of my favorites. Uh, but she says, for real, you're my master of war now. So, And he gets this, he actually has this really nice smile. Yeah, there's a lot of thumping of rakes and uh, hoes and uh, what do you call those things? Uh, shovels. She says, good. And then we have a Tyrion slow walking from behind. And he looks at John. Snow from backyard. We have more to weed, yo. Winterfell, oh, from Winterfell to Dorne, we're going to mow everything down. We won't lay down our gardening tools till we've liberated the entire world of weeds. Uh, if we have to, you know, if we have to take it all down, I mean, that's our point. It's like, uh, I mean, if you've ever done this, you know that the weeds just grow back faster than anything else. But, you know, Danny hasn't done it. And actually, she makes a lot better point, but she's got this fierce face, uh, and uh, I don't know, I really thought she did a good job uh, going from these different emotions here. And the whole time the goose is, you know, cook, cooking. Uh, let's see, snow, I don't know if that's a snow for backyard. Uh, we have more to weed. Uh, Oh, Lannisport to something, Carth to the Jade Sea. 
we're going to break the wheel. And I think the thing, the, this is where it was good that there's two movies because you realize that now Danny's gone full circle to the grandmother in the movie Flowers in the Attic 1. Like somehow, you know how these things like they, she, she just carried all the way around. She wants to put everybody in an attic without any gardens. And just like in the first movie, she believes that's what's best. She's going to treat everybody like a child. And she's going to say, you know, you're my flowers. I have to keep you in the attic where it's good, you know, where there's no weeds and get rid of until all the world is weed free. Even if that means plant free. Uh, Aria has an iron look at one point on her face. Uh, uh, when uh, Khaleesi says cheers, she, she does some mouth breathing, some nose breathing. She can really feel the, her victory. Meanwhile, John's frozen. Uh, Tyrion comes in. He quits. He says, you know what? I lived in that attic. I'm not going back to it. Uh, she also busts him. So it's kind of like one of those things where she says, you're busted for uh, letting your brother out of the tent. Uh, and he goes, well, I quit anyway. And he tosses his button uh, down the stairs, uh, tosses some shran. When he does that, the, the rakes, they stop thumping uh, and his quitting. Uh, tosses some shine. I don't know. He tosses his thing that says that he, he worked for her. I mean, which is just an interesting journey for him. I mean, not in the show, but uh, he was one of the kids in the Antic. Now he's been working for someone who wants to return all, all everybody and also mow everything down. So, you know, it's a rough journey. She says, "Go, you're going to your room in your attic anyway now. Oh, man, I didn't see this. I mean, I didn't write this look down, but at 22 exactly, 21 it starts. Khaleesi and John have a stare down. And she kind of glares at him. John has a pensive look. She kind of like is like you. She kind of gives him a look like he smells bad, but like uh, metaphorically, uh, John's frozen. Tyrion quits after he gets busted. Oh, I guess I'm a little bit out of order here. No more rake thumping. Go to your room. John pensive. Grove clay? Question mark. As they walk off. Oh, grovelly. Is that what that says? Grouchy. Oh, grouchy. Oh, I said, is John pensive or grouchy? Then Ari just pops up behind John. John still doesn't quite get it. He goes, what? And he touches Ari's head. And uh, she says, your queen's... <laughs> and he goes, she's everybody's queen now. And he goes, why don't you wait for me outside the castle? She goes, John, you don't get it. Uh, he goes, why were you here? She goes, Cersei, take out, but I didn't get to do it. She goes, I didn't come through this uh, wardrobe. Uh, you know, she goes, we came here, when, you know, whenever one of the, Bran or the other one, kid uh, met that dude at the lamppost, and now we had our adventures, uh, and then some uh, uh, dude rewrote us via the fan fantasy fan, Bruce Bolton fan fiction machine. And uh, so she, he, she says, he says, wait for me outside. She goes, oh, this is what she goes, uh, dude. Dude, uh, dude. And she says, you need to pull it together, dude. And so John actually gets it. So I guess it was like a more powerful scene than we realized. Because then he goes to talk to Tyrion, 
was like, you don't got any wine, then I'm going ha- to have to do some more. He goes, dude, I'm boring. Did you forget who I am? I'm Jon Snow. And they go, let's talk for a little while, which this was tough. So I had to make most of this up because uh, since uh, it was in Italian. Uh, but he goes, see, I told you so. Uh, I told you something would say. And he goes, you know what it's like? Uh, I don't know. He goes, uh, let me see what they say because I'm watching it now. Oh, he goes, he goes, what's it? The, what was the big farm like? He goes, Bolivian man. He goes, nothing. And he goes, okay, I could live with that. Uh, he goes, that could be good. Uh, but they say, you know, they say, geez, we guess we messed up. Uh, but John says, I'd do it again. Is that what, is that true? Oh, no, Tyrion says, I'd do it again. Uh, now that I'm busted, uh, should have done it earlier. Uh, I chose my fate. Uh, plants and the flower, the plants, the flowers, and the weeds did not. Uh, John's kind of disillusioned. He goes, I, "Well, I can't justify things, but I think it's going to be okay." And Tyrion goes, "I'm sorry. What? Uh, you've lived in the attic before. You haven't lived in the attic." Uh, he goes, "I've seen it. She wants everybody in the attic, dude." And John gives him the old. Uh, if you're not perfect, you can't criticize Tyrion. Because Tyrion says, you know, I've heard about it. I've seen it. Uh, she, this isn't the first time she put people in the attic. It was just the first time uh, she trimmed all of the flowers in the garden and everything else. Uh, the hedges, the shrubs, the shrubbery. Because, you know, perennials and annuals even. Varys was right. Uh, but yeah, John says if you can't if you can't be perfect, you can't criticize. <laughs> uh, don't judge her by the plants she cuts. Uh, what does this mean? You couldn't do it, bro. I don't know what that means. Uh, and then I think that, I think this was just in the movie. They they're calling this thing plan patriot secret patriarchal plan. But I'm not positive. This may have been my imagination. Oh, here's John. He's still saying, dude, dude, what are you talking about? Because other stuff happened. That's why she had to mow the lawn. And then the shrubs, you know, followed naturally after. Then the flowers, it just was like in a row. Oh, that's what he goes. You would never do that. He goes, would you, wouldn't you have stopped with the weeding or lawn mowing at least? Uh, John goes, yeah, I don't know. Tyrion goes, come on, man. Uh, something for plants excrete it for plants i don't think that's it oh he goes uh something plant patriarchy for for the plants uh they say yeah let's let's get we gotta get old dudes in charge again he goes she's a stepmother now just like my stepmother she's become the same thing uh and he goes, oh, because he goes, you should be in charge. You're, he goes, no, have you ever seen a Disney movie with an evil stepfather? It just stepmothers like mine. So, again, I think Tyrion maybe, I guess this one, and he's pretty much in the right. Uh, something between you and paradise. I don't know what that one was. Uh, uh, John has to sit down at some point because his mind is blown. And then he goes, yeah, by the way, we both love your aunt. Uh, He goes, let's just leave it at that. Oh, there's a little comic line. You better than me or something. Uh, 
but now she wants to be a stepmother, aunt, stepmother. And then they kind of say, love is a do and a duty. Uh, and that was foreshadowing city for, uh, and he goes, duty's the death of love. Uh, and then I wrote, duty is the doctor. Oh, low duty. The death of love. Uh, duty is, uh, well, maybe I just wrote it twice. Uh, he goes, uh, you are shrouded that, oh, you're the shield that guards the realms of plants, man. He goes, who wants everything in the attic? Uh, and John says, she's the queen. And then Tyrion uses this successful argument he always uses, you know, which is true. He goes, what about your sisters, yo, your family? Uh, then John goes on a long walk. Uh, this was a cute scene. The goose is hiding in a bed of dandelion drift or whatever you call that stuff. Uh, a dandelion fur, dandelion snow. And it just pops up. It sniffs John. And uh, I said, Grey Worm, are you around anywhere? J- John doesn't say that, but I thought he, he th- kind of thought that. Uh, and uh, John walks up into the top uh, floor, uh, like where the attic is, where you can oversee everything. And that's where the throne is, uh, where, the st- where, you know, in the movie. I don't know if the stepmother had a comforting chair, the grandmother. Uh, yeah, but we'll just say it's the Iron Throne. I mean, she was like the Iron Grandmother. Uh, it looks good, comfy. Uh, oh, so, oh, Danny's looking at it, uh, uh, looks good, comfy, uh, uh, she's amazed, she's kind of in awe that she's kind of, it's like the physical embodiment of what she's been wanting, uh, she reaches out and touches it, uh, it's 3511, let's see what this is, 3511, I'm a few minutes behind now, uh, let's see here. You know, I'm more talking, John walking. There's the goose hiding, goose sniffing John. Goose goes back to sleep. Uh, 33, 50, Danny comes out. She looks at the throne from afar. Uh, gets up close. Uh, yeah, oh no, she's still walking closer at 33, 34.50. Okay, 35, she's walking up the stairs to the throne. I think this is where she, like, just touches it. Uh, 35, 15, we should be there. Oh, she just gets this look of awe. Eyes wide, wow. And she's kind of drinking it in. And uh, now she looks down, she reaches out, she touches it. It's got snow on it or dandelion dust. Uh, and... Shot to the side in the throne, John in the doorway. Yeah, I really like this. Uh, like there's a couple of side shots of her, and then uh, over the shoulder of the throne, looking at Danny. And then she turns, and John's in the doorway. She takes a big breath. Uh, and this one, really, the first time I watched it, it faked me out. It kind of blew my mind. Uh, like, uh, because she takes this big breath and he walks in. So I, again, I'm not, I'm kind of dense. Uh, the first time this happened, I was probably one of the last people that realized what was happening. Yeah, but I guess it could have been disillusionment. He walks in. She tells this great story, a sweet story full of joy. 
a thousand, uh, you know, thousand swords, uh, a thousand, uh, what do you call those things, rakes, uh, and Jenna interrupts her. She's, she's having this, like, joyful moment. He goes, what the heck? Uh, they're still cutting potted plants down. And they go, uh-oh. And uh, he goes, let's bring this moment down. She goes, excuse you. Yeah, she goes, pull it together. She goes, everything, she goes, weeds, uh, uh, thorns, uh, they do things. Uh, and then he goes, Tyrion, man. Uh, she, and then she has to say, dude, dude. She goes, you've, uh, she goes, what he goes, please forgive him. Uh, please. And then again, this really, I, I was so drawn into this moment. I, I told in the Game of Thrones and the movie. He goes, in the movie, he goes, he goes, I'm just a little puppy dog. Uh, and she goes, we can't hide behind tender mercies. Uh, in the show, she said small mercies, So She goes, this is a new world that's never been created before. Uh, it's not easy to see. And it really just felt like the way John's arc had been going this season, this is really what was happening. Uh, so he, he's, uh, he, uh, John Snow, like Kit Harrington acting as John Snow acting. Which has happened in uh, the good place a few times has fooled me. So Kit Harrington's acting as Jon Snow acting played me, because he goes, "Please show me what it's like. How do I know it'll be good?" And I think it was, uh, uh, I think it was Amelia Clark's acting too, to like, uh, like, cause she believed it. Uh, she goes, "Oh yeah, I'm just." She goes, "Come here. Uh, let me pat you on the back here." And, uh, then she says, but we ha- do have to be strict. They do have to be in the attic. Uh, everybody. Uh, and she goes, but me, she goes, don't worry, little puppy dog. I'll keep you safe. Uh, I'll show you what the new world is. And she goes, let's break that wheel together. Uh, now and always. And then there's this big music. And so that really helped with my fake out. And they said, wait a second, is this really what's happening? I said, Arya's, I guess Arya's going to have to clean this one up too in the show, in the movie, uh, because I didn't totally understand what was happening. I kind of was like, uh, I guess these two really are in love. Uh, and then he, they give a big kiss, uh, and uh, John says, uh, he, 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 like, just like in the other ones, uh, Uses a little pricker on her fingertip. Uh, she says, every rose has a thorn, Danny. This is in the movie. And, uh, like, uh, she's, she, he learns uh, that, uh, she says, I can't believe you pricked me with the rose. Uh, and because it was an animated movie, she just, like, uh, dissipates. She becomes, dan- like, I don't know, I guess it was, like, uh, I mean, he did go through a wardrobe. She was from a third world, not of, she was trying to become the, the grandmother from Flowers in the Attic. Uh, I guess what we learned is she's from the plant realm in the movie because she just turns into plant, uh, uh, to dandelion dust. Uh, and John's kind of, uh, beside himself, uh, um, and then the goose comes, uh, like the goose comes in. Or Drogon in the show, and uh, this is again was like a, a really uh, 
I think like like a, a achievement in in animation for sure. Because yeah, the goose comes and says, the goose like tries to gather all of the dandelion dust of Danny, and reformulates it into a ball and rolls the ball around until it's more solid. Like the goose knows what happened, uh, and then the goose uh, uh, like uh, gets rid of the attic. It kisses everything in the attic except for John. Uh, it kisses everything else in the attic, um, and uh, then uh, we, like it's like okay, well, uh, oh, it gets rid of all the the grandmother's chair, all the anything that your grandmother would use, uh, and in the show it gets rid of the Iron Throne. Drogon does. Uh, uh, first, it, go- it makes a bunch of goose noises, flaps its wings. Uh, Understandably, very displeased, uh, uh, but not totally like uh, is displeased. Like I would have thought, the goose would have kissed John at least. Uh, and in some sense, it did because, of, like, uh, then uh, after that happens, uh, oh, then the goose flies away with uh, like uh, the dandelion dust ball, with the dandelion dust ball under its wing. And it flies up, up and away, laying eyes out, laying in a flower with that, laying on a bed. Look, look. Oh, no, this is about Tyrion. Uh, okay, so then the next thing we see is Tyrion lying on the floor, his eyes open. With that, like, uh, oh, no, laying on a bed look. Uh, and then he says, oh, dear, there's footsteps coming. And it's Grey Worm. Tyrion has a big beard. So you say, geez, how long have you been there, man? Like, he had, like, a Houston Rockets, uh, like, a Harden-level beard going. And Grey Worm uh, has a sad face. Uh, so they go, let's go to the, uh, is it, what do they call that? The amphitheater, the, the Pitts Amphitheater on the edge of the property. Big Quirpum Yara. Big Quirpum Yara. Oh, I have to figure out what that says. Uh, yeah, but they head to the pits, uh, the amphitheater pit, the amphithe- pits amphitheater. Those who donated the amphitheater, I think. And, uh, oh, there's a big tent. So there's a whole tent set up for like some sort of uh, uh, proper function. Which we soon learn is like uh, an electric. At first, I said, "What is this? this?" Really threw me off. Uh, it's a nice day. No more uh, like uh, sun's out. Uh, looks like it's a late afternoon. I'm trying to think of what I said though. Okay, let's see. The camera pans, and we start to see. I said, "Who? What? The what? The what?" The first time I did do that. And uh, okay, Sam. Uh, that I already forgot that. Then some dude, then the dude, the blackfish's kid. I already forgot his name, even though I knew it earlier. Arya Brand, Santa Brienne, the Onion Knight, uh, Podrick, or not Pod- Podrick, uh, the other dude, uh, uh, whoever he's of uh, Storm's End now. Well, I can't remember his name. 
Then some dude that looks exactly like Richard Madden. Uh, a couple of people I kind of recognized, but didn't like. It wasn't positive. Somebody in the official Dornish outfit of chilling. Uh, let's see what else I have notes. Uh, he too we want. He too we want. Santa. Uh, not cool. Uh, I don't know what that says. Uh, he too we want. Uh, a pod. Let me. I guess it. Aria. Ben, a brand, Sansa, Brienne, Onion, Podrick. But it's not Podrick, it's somebody else. It's uh, yeah, the Smith. Uh, two other dudes, one who looks like Richard Madden and someone else. Uh, I kind of recognize, someone I kind of recognize, the dude from Dorne. Oh, she goes, where's John? Uh, and uh, he goes, he's not coming or something. That's what Grey Worm says. He goes, oh, not cool. Uh, Yara says, uh, I'm cool with anything Daenerys did. Uh, the dude from Dorne, he's like totally chilled in his chair. Yara tells Yara to shut it. Uh, and uh, Onion says, please, please, please. Because uh, uh, he said, John's busted, man. Uh, he pricked the, the the garden queen with a pricker. So Yara and Arya have a good stare down. The weird thing was, uh, what's this? He's not Podrick. Who's he? What's that guy's name? I mean, I would, like just did six to seven episodes about this. Uh, but uh, like uh, anyway, Gendry, that's his name. Thank you, Brain. How come Gendry's not sneaking looks at Arya this whole time? Like, uh, hey, do like, are you sure you don't like me? You're like, like, uh, uh, but anyway, Onion Knight kind of says, uh, he does some truth, one last round of truth telling. Uh, so let's see, actually, because he, he just finished doing his truth telling. He actually does thanking and truth telling. He, he uses Grey Worm's, uh, pro- proper name. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. He's gonna stands up. He's got his hands behind his back. Uh, didn't really like. He's still in uh, typical. Uh, let's see. We got Yara and Arya staring at each other. Torgo Nudo. Uh, he goes, "Am I saying that right?" Grey Worm just looks at him like. Uh, he goes, yeah, "I'll give." He goes, "Let me give you guys the reach." Uh, he goes, "No more." He goes, "We don't need any more trimming or war." He goes, "We need growth." Uh, and Grey Worm says, we don't need your payment, man. We need justice, uh, which I really thought was, I really liked that uh, message. And then we get it to, we get it to, we get it how it really goes. Because uh, uh, I think it's Sansa goes, it's not your choice. Uh, and, or maybe Tyrion says that, and he says, we've had enough of your words, bro. Your words haven't done anything. And they say, don't you understand how the world works? Royal people decide this. Uh, and uh, they go, well, so it's for whoever's in charge, you know, whoever the royalist or the royal is going to be deciding. And then Lord Breastplate goes, uh, we don't have a queen. Uh-huh. And actually he said, it wore a king, Robin, because Robin Aaron's there. Uh, he's grown up. Uh, but he he did he should have done that he should have said I think in the movie he did, 
And Grey Worm goes, I got to deal with this crap again. He goes all the way across the sea, all these seasons to deal with this, like, uh, oh, he goes, can we just get out of here then? And uh, they go, uh, uh, I don't know what happened. They go, oh, well, who's going to be in charge? And then uh, whatever that guy's name is, the Blackfish's kid, I knew his name earlier today. Yeah, he goes, I'm going to make a speech. Uh, he goes, I know you thought twice I was finished on the show and gone to the big farm. Billy Scoots did. And I know nobody knows if I'm Kant's brother or cousin uh, or the Blackfish's kid who he was never pleased with. Uh, what's his name? I really like the actor. Uh, but he's also a bit of, I mean, he does a great job of playing a buffoon. And Sansa goes, dude, shut it. Uh, she goes, sit down, uncle. So it's her uncle. Uh, so I guess that means it could be Kat's brother. Uh, and uh, takes his time, son and dude, next to the sugar, Quan. I don't know what that is. Uh, takes his time, San and done. Oh, Sam and the dude next to him. Uh, Sam kind of, so Sam tells her uncle to sit down. He bumps his sword trying to go sit down. Uh, uh, yeah, there's some old dude next to Sam. I'm not sure where he's from. Maybe he's like a, a, a umber or something. And they say, we have to choose someone. Maybe that's what my said, sign said. Uh, oh, and then Sam has like the comic. He goes, uh, next to some dude, I think that says. Uh, uh, there's somebody next to Broad Breastplate, and then Robin Aaron's there. He goes, we have to choose a queen, someone says. Maybe that's what Breastplate, oh, no, Breastplate says that again. He goes, ahem. A queen, they could be in charge, like she's in charge, like maybe you could be her kingly, king regent, Robin. He does look like a boy Robin, uh, like uh, like young adult Robin. And Sam goes to get an idea. Uh, he goes, uh, it would give uh, states with smaller populations power. He goes, this representational democracy. And they, everybody laughs. Even, I mean, everybody laughed. Uh, he goes, he called the electoral, and they say, no, please. Uh, uh, Rob and Aaron in the house, I guess in my notes, I just noticed it there. And then, you know, that song, they say, we're royals, royals. Uh, you know, we rule. Uh, what does this say? Cheerios. Uh, you want to vote? Uh Nope. Uh, so they say, what about Tyrion being king? And they go, he goes, no, not me. And they could kind of go, oh, we're royals here. Can we speed this up, please? Because this is like taking forever. I don't know who said that, but some, I felt like somebody did. Yeah, because someone else goes, you know, I got rich stuff to do. Like, you know, I got to get places. Uh... And then Tyrion goes, you know, I've been growing this beard out since the brackets lost in the playoffs. and. Uh, he goes, what unites people? Uh, flags, gods, uh, I think he said something else, gold, uh, flags, gods. He goes, no, stories. Uh, I said, well, except for a story Danny was telling John, that was a good story. But he goes, nothing could stop a story. I think I put a hem there, too. Uh, 
And he goes, who's got a better story than Bran, the boy who learned to fly? And they said, I think that was a movie in the 80s, uh, the boy who learned to fly. And also he's Oso Raven. He's the three-eyed Raven, Oso Raven. I mean, I guess that's the one weird thing. He's not a Stark anymore. So technically, but it, I guess technicality, it doesn't matter. Keep it upstairs. Uh, they say, how about we get a double Stark takeover? Oh, he says, keeper of all our stories. You know, remember Max von Sydow? That's in, he's inside Bran somewhere. He's our, our undone king. If something. They go, this should satisfy the working class. We'll, we'll figure this out. We'll call it a 401k. They go, you know, we got we to gotta keep insurance. Oh, because they say, okay, Bran will be one and done king. That's what it says. And then you can elect another king when Bran's done. Yeah, that should satisfy the working class. We'll call it a 401k. So I messed up that joke. Technically, it's not a joke, though, so. Yeah, so and then Brian goes. Brian was like, uh, he goes, was were you guys talking to me? Yeah, uh, he goes, what happened? Uh, sorry, I, uh, you know, he said, because uh, if you heard of these, goes <laughs> VAP pots, uh, they go psych, uh, and uh, well, you won the no. He goes, you, Tyrion goes, you want it? You want to be king? And he goes, why do you think I got this huge smile on my face, dude? He goes, this sounds rad. Uh, yeah, he goes, uh, he goes, why do you think it came all this way? Then he kind of smiles almost. Uh, and uh, let's see. Will you be, will you be the king? Yeah, why do you think I'm here? Under our I, uh, I, somebody says I, I, I don't know if that was Onion who said it first, and then uh, Sam, then Tish. I don't think there's anybody named Tish, though. I, some dude, I, Rohan, there's no Rohan either. Uh, I, Arya, I, okay, uh, Onion, I put a pod, but it's a uh, Gendry. Brienne, I, I, and then Sansa goes, nah, I think, like, you be king of the seven kingdoms, or six kingdoms, I'll be queen of the north, uh, how does that sound to everybody? Because, like, I guess, like, the thing about leadership is they have to have leaders, uh, and I thought this was the smoothest move ever, a total stark takeover, because uh, Arya Sansa says, no, I'll be queen in the north. We'll be independent. You'll be in charge of the rest of the kingdoms. Uh, you cool with that? Bran goes, why do you think it came all this way down here, man? Uh, that's what you told me to do, right? Uh, and Sansa goes, right, Bran? And he goes, yeah, I'm king. And you're totally independent of us in the north. Uh, and they go, cool, cool, cool. And then everybody says, all hail Bran, the head of the sink. Even after this, on the second rewatch, he said, king of the six kingdoms. And they said, what? And they said, oh, yeah, wait, Sansa's one, like, uh, it more looks like it's like 14 kingdoms or something, like a smaller king, you know, not there's like city-states or something. Shark takeover, suckers, that's what they said at the end. Uh, and then they just, like, uh, 
whatever they call that. We don't call it high fiving now. Uh, they did that. <laughs> I mean, everybody was. I mean, I was laughing. Brian, you know, Brian's like, yeah, yeah. And then Brian goes, one more thing, Tyrion, you're my hand. And he goes, I'm not perfect. He goes, dude, I'm king. Are you joking? Uh, and he says, not enough. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, he goes, I don't want to be king. He goes, I don't want to be. Uh, he goes, I don't deserve it. Uh, I thought I was wise, but I wasn't. Uh, thought I knew what was right, but I didn't. And. Uh, he goes, do you know what it's like to be royal? Because that's what we're looking for now. He goes, could you like do create a small council of just uh, dudes? Uh, you know, remember that plan? Because we got to bring patriarchy back, man. Uh, so then they say, oh, what about John? Uh, uh, we got to figure out a compromise. Uh, so then Tyrion has to deal with that. So he goes to John, who's also got a beard. And he goes, you got it. Uh, great job saving the kingdom and stuff, but you got to go to the Night's Watch now. Yeah, the Grey Worm could somehow live with that, but uh, he goes, okay. So John's like, oh. Yeah, John's like, okay, well, yeah, I guess. uh he goes, Grey Worm's not happy, but Sansa already could live with it. Uh, oh, yeah, he goes, remember what I was telling you about Project Patriarchy? It's complete now. He goes, so, good work. Uh, we're a team. Maybe we'll see each other. John says, we'll never see each other again. He goes, well, probably I will. He goes, I'm not sure about the something. Give it 10 years. Uh, maybe I'll see you then. So he goes, uh, oh, yeah, see you, bruh. Then John walks out, uh, the wind, uh, or something. I think there's a wind. He, like, walks out on this, uh, seaside exit. There's, like, two Night's Watch dudes waiting for him. Yeah, he's on some windy stairs. Uh, I don't know if this is where Jamie practiced with Bron. No, probably not. Maybe this is Mager's Fold Fast. I don't know. I think it looks like it might be. Uh, we see the harbor, ships in the harbor, seaside sounds, uh, uh, ships, sh- oh, somebody says shiver me timbers, of course. Uh, we see John in the Night's Watch walking at the seaside, uh, Grey Worm gives him the stink eye. Uh, and he goes, we're going to head to North and protect, just like uh, Masande wanted. We're going to become the protectors of North. I think it's not, not I, I, I had an R in there for some reason. North. I think that's how you say it. Let's see. Somebody's going to come talk to him. We're ready to go. All the men have boarded. Good. North. Yeah, it's just two A's. Uh, so sorry about getting that wrong. Two. Uh, so they pull up, then John's walking. Fan's waiting. Oh, Bran's waiting? Fam. Oh, family's, family's waiting. His sister's in Bran. They say, sorry about that, John. You know, uh, but the North's free. Uh, Ned Stark's daughter hug. I don't know what that means. Uh, Let's see, Bran's looking at his sisters and Bran walking towards them. Sansa says, sorry, I wish it was another way. 
can you forgive me? And John still seems like maybe he doesn't even understand what's happening yet. Uh, I mean, he does. He's just like, uh, I mean, he should be absurdist, but he's like some sort of realist. He goes, Norse free at least. Uh, she goes, uh, lost to the king. Well, they got Ned's daughter. Oh, he says Ned Stark's daughter will speak for them now. She's the best they could ask for. Uh, so they hug. Uh, it's a nice hug. Not as nice as some of the reunite, re, like reunited hugs, but uh, pretty nice. Yeah, Ari's looking down. Jabba says, what's up with you? You could come visit. She goes, no. She goes, you ever heard of Dora? Jack goes, no. She goes, ever hear of uh, uh, Arya the Adventurer? He goes, what's that? It, and she goes, I'm going west of what's west, uh, west of Westeros. And Jack goes, don't you know the Earth's flat? And Bran goes, actually, the Earth's an inverted sphere. Sphere. And Arya goes, well, I'm going to find out, actually. So, like, I'll do some facts, fact-based exploration. Uh, whatever the name of that famous vessel was uh, that I can't remember. Uh, she goes, this is a science expedition and adventuring one. And we're going to see what's west. They kind of shed some tears and a hug. Uh, she goes, you got your needle? Got my needle. Uh, your your grace, uh, oh, he goes, your grace, he kneels to Brandon. Brand goes, dude, what are you doing? Uh, he goes, so, and Brand goes, you're exactly who you're supposed to be, man. I don't know, John says, I'm sorry I wasn't there when you needed me to be. And Brand says, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Because you realize how good, he goes, oh, man. He goes, now, I mean, I think for Bran in uh, Rain's move was, like, how much nicer is it going to be to live in a Mediterranean-style uh, climate in the north? And poor John's got to go somewhere it's ten times cold. Bran's like, I can swim in the water here, uh, bathe without getting a chill. Uh, let's see. This sucks. That's what John says at the end. Bye. Uh, then the fam stands uh, as John walks off and gets in a rowboat. Because I guess the Night's Watch boats can't even get into the uh, pillars. Uh, uh, dog or loin stong? I don't know what that says. I honestly don't says It says dog or loin stong. Uh, then Brienne, uh, this is, uh, she's going through the book of... Uh, the Night's Watch, no, it's not what it's called, the Kingsguard. And you can see that she's the new uh, head of the Kingsguard. And she's looking through the book, and uh, she sees Jamie Lannister. Let's see what it says. Uh, Squired for Barristan Selmy uh, against the Kingswood outlaws, knighted and named to the Kingsguard in the 16th year for Valor. At the sack at King's Landing, took out uh, Ares II at the foot of the Iron Throne, pardoned by Robert Baratheon, known as the Kingslayer. Uh, served uh, uh, Joffrey I and uh, King Tom in the first. That's right, Cersei's writing, which is not very good. And then Brienne starts writing. Let's see what she writes. Uh, 
this was a nice moment. Uh, I mean, this was more cinematic uh, of uh, Brian's goodbye to Jamie. And she's writing now. Uh, uh, capture, she was in captured at Whispering Woods, set free by Caitlin Stark, uh, and returned to uh, find his daughter. She lost his hand, couldn't find it. Uh, known for doing stuff like that. Uh, Hardy Har Har. Uh, something else. Uh, took River Run with, from the Tully Rebels. Uh, uh, lured the Unsullied into Casterly Rock. He gave up his childhood at home uh, uh, for a seriously strategy. Uh, got Highgarden uh, uh, back from uh, the Targaryen forces. Uh, uh, fought on the gold road. Uh, got away. Oh, that was during the king queen thing. Uh, pledged himself to the uh, north. Uh, joined them at Winterfell. Uh, you know, did a lot of honorable stuff there. Then bounced out to Cersei. And uh, she's thinking what she's how she's going to finish it. Uh, oh, I, I think she does finish it in a nice way. Music's playing the whole time. Uh, let's see. See, uh, escaped. Uh, you know, helped them defend the North against the Night King. Uh, got locked up again. Got out. Went to save the capital. Protected his queen. Uh, at the end, and you know, she's a little bit of a flush of face uh, when she's doing it. She closes the book without drying it. That was a little bit of a quibble. Uh, then, um. Let's see, where do I have uh, Brienne? She's the King's Guard. Falls accepts. Uh, oh, she did mention the, the stuff with her and Jamie. Uh, Tyrion looks at the seat for the hand uh, in a small council. Sits, then he gets back up, arranges all the chairs. He goes, Let's put some order up in this court. And I will say that the seat of the hand looks more comfortable than anything else because it looks like it's some sort of leather chair. Uh, then, uh, he says, let's put some order up in this court. Then the door opens and its crew or a squad comes in. Bron, the Onion Knight, and Sam. And they go, let's chop it up in here, man. Uh, they treat, they start banging the chairs around, uh, and Tyrion gets this look on his face. Uh, and he said, wait a second, that Bron, uh, Oh, and then they say, hey, we got this book. We just self-published a song of ice and fire and ice or something. And he goes, oh, totally. Uh, he goes, is it like, uh, you're going to criticize me? They go, you ain't even in it, man. Uh, Bron is totally rocks. He says, you know, remember you're on, he goes, Emma, he goes, he had half gloves. I've got one third gloves. Uh, already har har. Uh, then uh, Bran comes in. They say your grace four times. Brienne's in the house uh, as uh, head of the King's Guard. So it was called uh, Sam's head maester. He's got the like. He's got fresh linens on too. Uh, we're down. Oh, we're down three advisors. Uh, and the only thing Bran goes, okay, what, you know, he goes, uh, what about the dro Drogon? Uh, they go southeast or something. He goes, cool, I'm going to work out. Uh, 
He goes, I got, you know, I got a fatty and uh, I'm going to work out. I'll see you just like a real king would. He goes, I'm out. Then we see Padrix, also one of the king's guard, uh, which is a little bit weird. I think because you get, well, I don't, you just can't be uh, married, I guess. I don't know if you can uh, do what Pod does best, you know. Uh, they go, we serve at your pleasure, your grace. Long may he reign. That was a little comic because they all say it different ways. Uh, at different times, Tyrion says, that'll improve. You know, the, other than only being dudes, uh, I mean, Brienne's there, but she's the king's guard, so she's uh, in a position, a position of protection, not of power, or at least of uh, political power. I mean, I re- this scene's really grown on me. The more I've seen it, uh, it is, uh, it, but, but uh, you just wish it would have been, I don't know, I guess you say, I don't know. I could see where, where, so I don't know, but uh, that's just, I guess that's a quibble, but uh, the scene has grown. And they say, where's Brian? Like how Brian, they say, sorry, Brian, it turns out Brian's master of coin. And they say, we need some coin to fix the armada because, uh, onion Knights master of ships. Uh, Sam's talking about getting clean water. Brian's talking about, uh, he's the new little finger. Uh, Brian says we need clean water and ships first. Uh, so as you can see, and Brian interrupts people all the time. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I say, this dude's going to be a problem. Uh, see, Brian, uh, relieve Brian of his duty. Salutary. Uh, I think that's what Sam said when he talked about fresh water. There's like this slow pull out from the room. Is that true? Let's see. Let's start. Uh, we got hungry people to feed, Tyrion says. Let's uh, get to work. Uh, uh, Davos. Yeah, around 11, one minute, one hour and 13 minutes, they do a side chat that slowly pulls out as they're talking about it. Uh, it's just plotting out everything, you know, like yeah, how we're going to run the kingdom. Yeah, then we get it. Uh, let's see. Then we see Jon Snow rolling into Castle Black. Uh, see Tormund, we see Ghost, uh, uh, then something, I don't know what my handwriting says, uh, we see Arya uh, gearing up, uh, I guess we get shots of the north or something, uh, then we see Sansa, she's got this like beautiful autumn gown uh, that she's getting, she's getting ready for, uh, so she's getting geared up, then we see Arya packing a spyglass, uh, walking down, oh, then everybody's walking down a hall, like Arya and Sansa, let's see what John, and Jon Snow's walking through the castle, so I really liked that shot, we're all behind them, Arya's hair's up in a bun, uh, she emerges on the deck of a ship, uh, uh, she can, uh, she just looks so fresh, like, uh, like she's like ready for a whole new series. Uh, John sees all the northern people uh, walking down halls times three. Yeah, yeah, we see Ari's at sea, John and the free folk. Uh, we also see the ropes behind them, I think. Uh, uh, Sansa's in the north, everybody bends a knee. Ari's with her crew walking past them. She looks like a first day at work, kind of. Um. But I'm sure she she'll be able to keep her crew in line. 
Stark, Lord on a ship, uh, Ghost close up. These, I think, happen out of order. Uh, uh, we see, oh, yeah, we see the Stark, uh, like a symbol, the wolf symbol on uh, the front of the ship. Uh, and then Stark sails. We see Arya looking off. We see the crown go on Sansa's head. We see her sit in the throne, which is a wooden throne. And again, I think we saw that with Bran or Tyrion's, you know, these wooden seats versus the Iron Throne. Uh, they see Queen in the north. Uh, Arya sails off. Uh, John, at some point, John pets uh, Casper's dog back. Uh, and then John starts, John says, uh, I guess this was like left uh, open. It's like, uh, is he just helping? I guess we like, let's just assume John's staying in character and staying loyal to uh, Kingsguard because he's dressed in all their clothes. Uh, so I think he's just helping the nor the free folk relocate back to where you know where they were, because uh, or he could be shirking his duties and heading off. Uh, like Sansa looking out at her people, she's kind of. Uh, she looks a little bit like, uh, oh, this is my, oh, and the, I, I didn't see the Stark throne. It's really nice, too. Her throne is really beautiful. And Robin Aaron's not there, but one of the Jonas brothers is like, uh, it could be possible. I guess it's like, uh, it's just a, you know, that's, oh, that's not, that's some real, okay. Well, I guess I'm, I can be wrong. There's the Stark sail. And John heading through the wall out into the north, which is like the last we see. Casper's up front, Tormund at his side. Wind, snow, uh, ice. Uh, you'd think they'd rebuild. I don't know why they would need to rebuild the wall. I guess because you never know or something. But uh, And John's returning the free folk, uh, who I guess just prefer, the, like Tormund said, we like it up there. And they spill out. We see like a, a far shot of the wall. Then an icy plane shot. Uh, John and Tormund on horseback. Uh, everybody else walking. And then they kind of go into the woods. Uh, oh, they pass like, oh, there's like a nice, let's go back to that. Uh, uh, let's see, we're at w one hour in about uh, 1857, 58, 59. There's a growth uh, north of the wall. I, I think that was a nice on-purpose shot. The plant growing, and uh, they walk off, not into the sunset, but into the forest. Uh, and it is, I guess, a full circle, because it is where it started, uh, in the same forest north of the wall. John looks back, so a door on the wall closes. And it kind of reminds me of how David Chase talked about the closing of Sopranos. Uh, of like, oh, this we had this window on this family, uh, and the window was open for us to look through it, uh, and now the window's closed. Uh, you know, the family's still going, you know. So this story's still going on. We just don't get to see it anymore. But I guess a lot of the big stuff happened. And, uh, yeah, that's it. As they head off into the trees, uh, you know, we head off. Uh, we still have a visit from Tom and Pounce and the old gods and the new. And we'll probably revisit this series and maybe do a recap after I have a little bit of a break or something. Uh, but yeah, here's Tom and Pounce. Uh, and for now, we say goodbye to Game of Thrones. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled program with a regularly scheduled program.
here on K-Pounce Radio. The radios of uh, children, kids, uh, best friendship and cats everywhere. Dogs, get your own show. We love you, but this is uh, that's this K Pounce Radio. Uh, K Wolf is a premium. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, I'm sorry, Tom. I just I got up. Oh boy, your grace. Actually, when in this situation, please stay focused. This is the last episode. Well, maybe not. I get okay. Please stay. Okay, just go ahead. K Pounce Radio, the radio with kids. It cats and friendship. Uh, K Pounce Radio is proud to present the tales of Tom and Pounce in the world of Noir Chardonnay. Uh, two hard boiled detectives uh, finding a way in, a, in the world of Noir Chardonnay. Oh, that accidentally rhymed. Uh, welcome to K Pounce Radio. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. This is your friend Tommen, uh, Detective Tommen. I've always wanted to say, I've never, I've never had a chance to say that. Welcome, all my friends, to be on the binary in every way, and ca- also cats, uh, kittens, uh, cats, uh, domestic and feral, and all everything in between. Welcome as well. Cool cats too, which is probably everybody's include. Anyway, welcome, hello, everybody. This is said to Tom, and I thought this was going to be the day I retired. I was sitting there with Sir Pounce, uh, thinking about uh, that. This was Noir Chardonnay walked in and said, "Tom, and you say this is your last day cracking cases, eh?" And I said, "Yes, I'm quite tired, uh, uh, Noir Chardonnay." Not tired of you, not tired of your nightclub, not tired of cabaret, not tired of the endless uh, city, the city that's both curved and edged at the same time, the city that goes a thousand miles into the sky and a thousand miles below ground, the city with as many tales as that times a thousand. With Casey, that's why Noir Chardonnay. I just said, well, maybe I'll just crack one more case, and that'll be the end. It's been interesting. But it's a little, you know, my eyes have always had trouble adjusting. And I don't know. I feel like uh, even though I usually try to dress in tones that are not ostentatious, uh, the sepia tones are beginning to wear on me. Because I, you know, particularly Sir Pounce's. Uh, Looks better full spectrum, I believe. Uh, color, color TV. Remember when we went to that museum? And the, that is how you explained to me what it was when it was not in color. And we la- remember we made that show where I pretended I was Lucy and I was packing chocolates. Oh, what a day with Ray and Mikey and Gregor and the pod boy. Okay, back to, so there I was, uh, little, uh, you know, this case uh, was weighing on me because I knew it was coming. I knew it was inevitable. And what it was was I was there in Noir club, and I was downstairs, and I sensed, so first I sensed just Pounce looking up and looking around, and a look on Pounce's face, because usually Pounce is relaxed in my lap, but Pounce was sitting up, uh, 
and I said, something's going on. And even though I couldn't hear it, I could hear it. Uh, something, a sound, uh, you know, that was uh, in, and then Chardonnay came into the, from the club, back in, left and back. You know, we were, we were exchanging pleasantries and that now it was a business, uh, Noachardne said, "There's a woman outside the club, uh, uh, ceaselessly honking her horn and yelling for Tommen uh, to hurry up. Uh, and she's actually—it's a limousine. She's honking it through the window, uh, and so you, you probably should go up there." And I went up there. I said, "I said, well, uh, let her wait. Uh, first, I was going to run up the stairs, you know." But I took my cue from all the lessons I learned from Sapounson. Even though I was not able to relax, I sat in my seat for a while and I counted to ten. I felt my feet on the floor. I felt my hands stroking one another. I watched the movement of Sapounson's tail. And I thought soon I would see the full spectrum of the colors of Sapounson's fur. Not just in sepia tones. I watched, uh, as so many detectives do, the spinning of the fan in my ceiling. And then I looked across the room at a lone light bulb on a string, moving back and forth uh, because of the motion of the fan affecting the wind. And I knew it was time for me to trudge upstairs. Uh, They say the happy road of destiny doesn't exist in the city streets. It's a place you trudge, you don't walk down it. Say, but I walked to those stairs uh, like Sapounce. Uh, my body uh, felt cool because I was the fan and the waving of the light bulb on a string or cord. And I got up there, and at this time, the, the battery of the car had actually run out, so the horn was making more of a sound uh, like someone who was like faking a tummy ache, as I'd been known to do in the past. Like, uh, or a cat, you know. And Sapounce and I sat there, and we said, uh, we, 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 you know, I played it cool. I said to someone, what's uh, happening up here? And uh, this is, uh, the, the, the person was back in the car now. And they said, Tommen, get in this car. And I said, huh, Sapounce, do you hear anything? And then, they, you know, the, these are things I also learned from Noir Chardonnay and the Pot Boy. And so uh, I, I, uh, I, then eventually I said, oh, yes, you're looking for Tom, and my office is downstairs. Why don't we go downstairs and discuss things? And she said, get in the car. We're going somewhere. And then the driver said, actually, you ran down the battery, honking the horn ceaselessly. And, uh, you know, she said she had many commentaries on the ability of the limo driver to do, do, do the duty. And uh, she was dressed uh, like a rock star, or at this time, I guess you'd say, I don't know, like, but she, you know, before there was rock stars, uh, there was people who, you know, dressed like rock stars before it existed, and this was this woman. I knew who she was, you knew who she was, and she knew who she was, uh, or did, you know, or did, did, you know, you know what I mean. And I sighed. And I said, looks like we're going to have to walk. Uh, And she snorted, and I I said, uh, 
I said, you know, I, this is called the Regal Way, right around the corner. Uh, the Avenue of the Stars, uh, the Golden Way, they call it. Uh, have you been down the Golden Way? The shop keeps all bow to you uh, when you walk by. Uh, well, you know, it's been no, they, they told me, they told me to stay off that street because, uh, anyway, and she said, what happened? And I said, well, walk with me. I'll tell you, maybe they'll let me walk down the golden way because you're with me. And she, she said, well, what happened if you to get banned from the golden way? And I said, well, you know, drinking, I said, I saw this man a few weeks ago who said he drank giant's milk. Uh, he had a beard, and I've always wanted a beard, so I bought one at the the, the, the shop that sells the fake beards. And then I got I bought some milk in a glass jug. Also, I brought a saucer for some pounds. Uh, and then I proceeded to drink the milk so it would run down my beard. Also, I did not, you know, I, just like the old days, I was... Uh, uh, it was a, I, I did have a swimsuit on, but it was a small one. And I did have it on, but it was also because it was sepia tones. Uh, they said they didn't know that I was wearing a swimsuit because it was this also a sepia toned swimsuit. Uh, because I didn't want to get it. I said, well, I, you know, I got detected. I'm hard boiled. I can't have milk on me. My clothes, I can have it on my fake bed. And so that's why, you know, I drank the milk there on a bench. Uh, Covered in milk. They called Noir Chardonnay. All was forgiven. They just said, don't come back to the street. Uh, but with you. And that, and I, I said, you know, here in this world, there's, there's a, the, the, they're making these animated films and always looking for someone. Uh, but those are 2D. I may have talked about this before. Uh, have you heard of 2D? And she said, what are you speaking of? Uh, and he said, let me ask you a question. Why are you here? You're here to see me, correct? And she went out, you know, for a while she told me how she was here to look out for me. And she said, look at, you know, you you, you have a fake beard and you're covered in milk. I said, well, no, that was earlier this week. Uh, it's a hobby, not my current condition. And I let her, you know, say her piece about how, you know, and I said, back to this 2D, we're walking to a movie palace right now, the end of the Golden Way. Also, there's a place called the Golden Arches that I like to go to, too. They have meals that are supposed to make you happy. And they do. Is temporarily, for momentary, they don't, they didn't, they don't, I said, it's honest, uh, temporarily happy when I have this meal. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? And she said, I don't. Uh, and I said, okay, uh, let's uh, keep walking then down. The, and the, you know, the shopkeeps uh, that sold the jewels and the clothes, they all bowed uh, to mother, to this, uh, my, my client, uh, as we headed down the street, they stepped out of her way. When she, you know, wanted to, to talk about the condition, you know, the, she, she had comments for everybody. And I said, we're talking about two things, happy meals and 2D animated features. There's, a, there's someone making them now. 
And he said, the drawings are too, he said, it's not about just the animation. Sometimes the characters, they try to make them in 3D. But a lot of times there's one character and she's in 2D. Her, may, her may, name may end in uh, Stepmother or DeVille or, you know, Stepmother or, uh, other, you know, Queen, Queen, Stepmother. Queen Mother, uh, but they only show one side of it, uh, you know what I mean? Not the complicated uh, sides of uh, 3D, 4D. Even, you know, sometimes they show things. Do you know what the sepia tones are? Do you notice uh, you you are uh, covered in sepia tones, but there's so many shades of black and white, uh, grays, uh, you'd say. That you still have all of your essence. Uh, now, Sabance does, but Sabance, you know, Sabance is fur does not, uh, anyway, not important. What's important is uh, that those movies, uh, they're, they're just for entertainment. Uh, and those meals of happiness, uh, if they, you know, some people would say they don't really make you happy. I'd say, well, they do for a bit. Uh, so, why quibble? And she said, you're just talking nonsense uh, to fill the air. And I said, "Uh, Mother, and she looked at me, and she had that look in her face. uh, It was like uh, iron and honey were mixed together. And, uh, you know, a tear formed in my eye. I could not help myself, uh, but I knew this was a case, and I wasn't even sure how to crack it. and they said, this is a world with those things, uh, you, you know, we would do 2D films and animation, happy meal, meals of, that make you happy, a golden avenue of shops. Uh, but there's also a city beyond all this, within it and around it, a uh, city with a million tales. You may have heard of it. Uh, and she huffed and said something about King's Landing and said, this is more like a giant flea bottom. And I said, you're one tough customer. And I, I said, okay, I've got another idea here. And we went up to the tallest building in town. You know, remember that Jaffa had a building, not the tallest. He used to say it was the most strident building in town. And we went up there. And I said, look out at this city. And she said, uh, uh, and she, you know, she wasn't sure what I was uh, getting at. I said, this is the city where I learned to be a boy again. And I learned to be a detective at the same time. And I learned that uh, I was both and neither. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about still. And I said, well, I'm here next to you. He said, would you like to hold my hand and look at the city together without words, except for the words I speak to, to fill the air, which you said, you know. And at first, you know, she was unsure, but she she reached out her hand. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you know how it is, uh, like almost like when, when I do go to the Golden Arches, I say, well, I wonder if I could ask for a second toy for my meal of happiness. And Ray would say, well, it can't hurt to ask, but I don't, you know, you do only get one toy per meal. 
And no, we're not getting you another meal. You, we talked about this before we came in the restaurant. Uh, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, the look on my face when I ask for a second toy, and I know I'm not getting it, uh, but I wish they would give it to me. Uh, she had that look on her face a bit. Uh, something I said, uh, and we felt the city air. We heard the city sounds. Uh, and uh, we, we stood close to one another. And I said, it's a complicated city down there, full of people, full of things, full of cases, uh, other, you know, you know, cause, food, life. Uh, it's a great golf uh, all around us. We're at the tallest building in the city. And she said, you know, we're high up. Yeah, it's a good golf, but... Uh, and they said, no, 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 the city's full of the unknown, right? Uh, and, and the knowable, and the noble, uh, and the great gulf, you know, can, can, can separate us, uh, but it can also make us closer. And she said, how so? And they said, well, there's this idea of uh, loops and spectrums and things. Uh, sometimes the gulf between two people between a person and the world becomes so great uh, that it makes it easy to be close to them. And she said, I don't understand. When a person's all the way up here, how could they be possibly close to the whole world down there? And I said, I don't know. But think about it. Here, it's like we could breathe in the entire city. We could feel it on our skin. We could taste it on a tongue. Go ahead and smell it. You could smell the city. You could sense it even with your eyes and your ears closed. Uh, you could feel it uh, beating with your heart. What is the city will never understand? Uh, it's a city we could never grasp. Uh, and she said, I, I think you're talking around things in a way that's so obscure. I feel okay, but I'm still confused. Uh, and I said, look at it this way. We're up here, right? We're looking around. It's pretty nice. We're holding hands. It makes it a little bit nicer. But we're not asking for the city to be something it's not. We're not asking for the gulf uh, to not be there. We're not saying why. You know, you're just saying, well, this building's tall and the city's down there. It's a simple matter of... Uh, physics or something, Tommen. And she said, I still don't get it. And I said, well, sometimes the size of the gulf uh, doesn't matter. The history of the gulf doesn't matter. It does, uh, you know, it's complicated. Uh, but it's also, it's not. Uh, maybe all those layers of complication built up, like if you were walking up the stairs instead of taking the automator, whatever it's called, the, the moving room. And she said, do you, are you saying you, you're, uh, you're okay? And I said, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been, those words, uh, and she said two letters. I said, well, it could be spelled with uh, a Y, but it doesn't matter. That's just a gulf between our spelling and my, you know, then now that I'm getting tutored, uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I went off topic there. You know, sometimes a boy just wants to hold his mother's hand. 
no matter where she's been, how long her journey, how, you know, you say, I don't even, you know, all those things. You know, maybe he can't forget Lavender and Lancel being, or, or any of those things, but, uh, or the other, you know, we don't need to, we, right now we're just here together. I don't understand why I love this city so, and why I say, well, I'd prefer to be, you know, I, I got to get out of the sepia tones, uh, but I love this city. The gulf between me understanding it and me being a part of all of it, uh, a vast, uh, impossible. I couldn't know everyone in the city. Most of the people wouldn't even give me the time of day. They call me Bub. They say, what is you do? why is your beard covered in fake milk, or your fake beard covered in real milk? And uh, you know, what are you frolicking about? Uh, this isn't, the t- you know, those things, uh, it might sound familiar to you. I think you may be in the deepest of your heart a New Yorker, Mother. Uh, this may be your place. Uh, and, you know, I just want you to know that it, it, no matter the gulf, uh, no matter the, 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 the width, the, the depth, uh, the expanse, you know, some things go beyond. Uh, you're just holding hands uh, and visiting, uh, and you say, well, you know, you might be have questions about atonement or forgiveness or, you know, all those things. Uh, I'm just a boy who wants to hold his mother's hand from time to time. And to sit here in the vastness, lost in the vastness, you'd say, without a fix, without a magic wand... You know, and, and by the way, because I'm, I think also it's the, the, the sense of like, uh, here's the thing. Maybe for the time being, I come visit. Maybe you could come to Nwash Ace Club. You may be banned from there from the horn honking. You know, but we just come and we visit uh, up here in the tower where you could look down. You know, maybe you get into the 2D animation. Uh, I don't know how they do the casting of that. Or my, you say, well, uh, you are an archetype of these things, much more complex. Uh, you know, maybe we share a meal of happiness, even if it's only momentary. You know, maybe that's it. Our hands uh, reach across this gulf, like the sounds of the, the soot uh, of the city, and uh, we connect. I don't, I don't know, my mother, but uh, I know I'm, I'm, I, it's almost like I've missed this, and I'm not sure we have, you know, necessarily. I'm not even sure I could say I understand any of that. Uh, but beyond that, like I said, I love the city. I love you. And the other people I've crossed. Uh, well, John, you know, Joff, uh, you, yes, I've, uh, uh, it's, you know, there's, you know, you know, there's people, like uh, the people that, that saw me covered in the milk, uh, they said, that's New York for you. Yeah, there you go. And some of them kind of appreciated it, even though it boggled their mind. And so I don't think this case could be solved, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think this case could be revisited. Uh, or maybe we could just be, uh, you know, connect to every once in a while. I think it has to be regular, though. Or, you know, maybe I'll just go on another adventure and I could check back in with you. 
But I guess for the time being, I'd like to visit you and hold your hand. And just, you know, talk to fill the time. And maybe other words will come one day. Or maybe they won't. But I think this is the city. You know, they say, uh, uh, you know, this city needs tough people. And you're tough. I know that much. Uh, and, on, you know, I don't know if you, there's a thing called, there's a this thing, there's people that have a business around just hedges. Uh, like, uh, they fund hedges. Uh, for some reason, I think you'd be, if you can't get into the 2D animation uh, mother business, you know, say, well, that's, because I think if those movies are popular. Uh, you know, maybe you could get into that hedge, the funding, the hedge funding business, because uh, they they say that those, uh, the, um, I don't know, those are the people with the most furrowed brows. I'm I'm aware of that, uh, and they they do that same thing, where it's like uh, you're forcing your mind outside of your ears or something with your face. I don't know how else to describe what you you. you uh, in a, you know, like, uh, inability, you know, inability to smile. There's nothing wrong with that. The pod man can't do it either. But what do you say we go down and we share a meal of temporary happiness together and check in? Okay, I could hold you. I could hug you for a minute. Yeah. Despite the golf, I'm here. I see you and I accept you. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't understand it, uh. But yes, I'm here, Mother. I'm good. Glad, glad you're here with me. Oof, I suppose that was a good thing that was fiction, huh? Wow. Yeah, so that's a tale of, uh, you know, the, oof, oof, oof. it was fictional. Um, uh, but I don't think it was. Uh, well, maybe it wasn't fiction at all. Uh, but I don't, I, you know, I'm going to work with the Podman to see how we could keep our adventures going. From time to time, as I'm sure you would all like and appreciate. Uh, but thank you for joining me on Cape Bounce Radio uh, all of these years. Uh, thank you for joining. So, Bounce, do you have anything to say? Thank you. Thanks to Noir Chardonnay, to Ray and the Gregor, to the Podman, and all the listeners uh, to Cape Bounce Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. Yeah, for the time being, we're going off the air, but we'll be back. Uh, thanks for being a friend of friendship and cats everywhere. Thank you for listening to K-Pounce Radio. Good to, to Tom and Mr. Pounce say goodbye. Right, right. K-Pounce Radio uh, off air. Uh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God. It's me praying in. Uh, your, your camper, your CIT camper in training. Uh, 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 what do you call it? What am I doing? Uh, praying in. That's what I'm doing. And yeah, I wanted to uh, reach out on behalf of, uh, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know, Cats. And we'll, this is the last time we'll be talking. Well, here's the thing, Cats. It won't be the last time we're talking. Yes, Cron, my fingers are crossed. Uh, so I'll uncross them now. You caught me. I was only crossing them like a, not like a hundred, my fingers were a hundred percent crossed. Uh, but just in, in case of the 1% chance, you know, that, uh, I don't keep like this. <laughs> this is the last time we talk ads, but seriously, uh, Crone, Switzer, Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God. Well, we've been, well, I'd want to say we've been through a lot. That would be like a very presumptive use of the collective, uh, 
you know, I've been through a lot of ups and downs, and I know that uh, sometimes, sometimes it feels like you've been the uh, the foot on my shoulder if I'm in some MUD and I'm trying to get out, and then the foot. But but I really know that's not true. That uh, uh, it's feet, you, you know, because there's more than one of you. The foot that I do that I TRIP over, oh, oh, crone, you know, I'm joking, guys. That's the only way I can handle this. Uh, so I know it can't be a goodbye, and I know we have this summer camp planned out generally in a vague way with ideas. And uh, maiden, there's an opening there, maiden, you know, plus we could live in the back. They call that a uh, what do they call that? Oh, for, it, it, it's you go in. In a firmery, maiden, I got to use alluding words for it. Uh, but that's where we, you know, we could live in the back there. I could be the, uh, well, I could, I could be the like your, your number one customer. Anyway, probably better move. You know, but at this point, you're right. If you haven't returned my calls, my prayers. Uh, uh, you know, I don't like. I'm too busy. You know, doing stuff like right, like uh, anyway to think about it. And especially praising the other gods. Uh, so, gods, uh, we got the summer camp. That's the good news. The name had not has not come together. Uh, but uh, like I think it, you know, it will it will eventually by this summer. But I was thinking, gods, maybe what I could do because here's the thing: if you've been observing me in my in my IRL. And I know you do, because it's like 24-7 comedy channel for all of you. Uh, you know, because of all the human, you know, the, the, when that, you know, when the, whoever the former was, uh, the creator, uh, I guess it would be the mother and the father, technically, in this case. Uh, uh, they said, let's give him a triple shot. Wh- how much humanity do you normally put in them? Well, give him, give him triple. And they said, "Oops, it spilled." Well, how much? Three thousand percent humanity in that that one. So I'm oozing it. I'm oozing humanity. That's what they. That's what they say. They said, "What does that smell?" Uh, it smells like uh, banana peels in the sun, or wet noose. No, that's well, that's me. It's no, it's a human. It's a humanity. I'm oozing out. I think made in one of your uh, like someone like you was the last person that said. It, what's it? Is that can, can cardboard go stale? Because I'm and I say no, no, that's me, my natural uh, musk, humanity with the twist of anxious, you know, anxious sweat. Uh, so anyway, guys, I got to get to the point. I'm taking all this time for me instead of praying in. So whoa, no, I oh no, sorry, guys, I was thinking uh, this is about us, and you know, eventually, because they did fail over the seasons. I remember a first or second time we spent time together that I was going to, uh, you know, rail, you know, create a whole thing, like uh, a whole religious ecosystem. I don't know, our religion, they call them religious ecosystems, faith-based ecosystem. Thank you. Um, but that didn't work out. Remember, I had a bunch of, like, uh, SCAMS is working. And flowing, I think at one point I did wear flowing robes. And remember, I ended up just uh, being a caretaker. So that didn't go good. But I think this summer camp idea, I mean, I'm all in on it uh, right this moment. But here's the thing, guys. So I have my morning routine, right? And I kind of, 
You know, it's not perfect, but I do have, and then my evening routine needs some tweaking. Crone, am I right? I've seen you frowning at me. So what, what, what I could do is maybe I'll send you a letter every night. Uh, you know, so then I can say, uh, like, this would be definitely mother and father, uh, the gods. Uh, I'm not sending you any letters, warrior, whatever, whoever, uh, uh, no offense, especially that other one in the sea. No way. But I will open my letters. Uh, hello, Mutta. Hello, Father. Hello, Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jesta. Uh, Hound Dog God. It's it's your camp, 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 camp. Maybe I could send you a letter every night. Just a short one, one page properly. Is all the discipline, which would take me, probably take me. I'll never get to the point. But that'll be my evening praying in. How did I miss all this? Uh, and I can send it to you almost like your summer camp when you combine all of you into one. Maybe instead of praising all of you, I could just praise the summer camp. Uh, summer camp old gods in the new. If we just make it one word, uh, summer camp old gods in the new. Old gods in the new summer camp. You're right. It needs work. It does. Uh, but I could send you a letter, just like I'm a kid who lives in a universe where there's a sentient summer camp also inhabited by gods old and new, and who are also awesome camp counselors, you know, playing against type. Uh, oh, like, because I thought about, we do talk about, you know, dances and lessons and all that stuff, but uh, maybe that's what I could talk about to you every night is uh, I'll just send you a little note. A bit like a prayer, you're right, Chrome, but this would actually be on a regular basis and not when I need stuff. So it'd be a little bit more disciplined uh, than like a prayer, which kind of usually, you know, my prayers consist of requests or apologies. Uh, so this would be like if you said, How can you never check in with me? And they say, You mean prayer, praise you, praise you? Uh, well, consider job done now. So I could pen a letter to you every evening. It, well, let's be real, five of seven evenings. How's that? 20, 20 evenings a month. You're right. Maybe we should, we, we, I can always dial it down. You're right. Why not overpromise? Uh, so 30 to 31 evenings, except in February, I could say, you know, dear Crone, you know, hello, mother, hello, father, hello, Crone. I, would, I mean, I don't know if that gimmick would ever get old. That was from an old commercial, I think, yeah, for like Ovaltine or something. That kid was going to camp at Kiwana or something. So, and it, it, that was a, where commercials take songs and then they rewrite them to fit in in the commercial. So originally it was a, a song that someone wrote just, uh, anyway, I'm off topic again. So how about that? Uh, because uh, otherwise, it's a long time to the summer, especially since the camps really, uh, I mean, as much as I'd love to get all do all the work, you, you know me in logistics, you're the gods. So, I mean, hopefully you take it from there. But may, maybe not. Maybe I could plan it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could offer it some sort of uh, reward or something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, gods, uh, what I'll do is I'll send you a letter. Uh, I'll try to write something to you every night and, uh, keep in touch on a regular basis. That's how we build it. That's how we build, uh, that's how you build me. 
like at least get me like at least mix the clay at this point to, to get me for you know malleable because uh, right now I'm more of a, a dispersal of water of mud water and you know muck uh, so let's get me clayified and start shaping you I'd love it if if you're going to be shaping me you know get, how about you hit up those abs and those pecs for me I think that's what they did on uh, that uh, whatever that movie was, uh, Chariots of Thrones or something. I can't remember. It was Henry Hamill. Uh, oh, Harry Hamlin. Thank you. I don't know. What, it wasn't called Chariots of Thrones. Uh, okay. Well, I don't, I don't know. Gods of the Chariots of the Gods. That's something else too. Thank you. So that's it, Gods. I mean, I guess this is. It could never be goodbye. Also, what I'll do is I'll leave a pen and a notebook. So if any goddesses that don't normally keep in touch with me, you know, want to write a note or just draw a heart, uh, my initials are, uh, you know, scoots, uh, DS or DA or AA. You could put that in, you know, you just send me a message and the pen will be in there. Also, Barky, if you want to write something funny, the pen will be in there, guys. But forgive me, guys. Uh, all of you know how much I need that. And give me, uh, you know, open my mind and my heart uh, and help me be consistent. Yeah, we'll build towards this summer camp. Uh, we'll have a lot to look forward to. Thank you for the season. Thank you for all the service. But obviously, I could never say goodbye to all of you. So uh, be in touch. Thanks, guys.